Previously on ADHD and D. Once upon a time, a tiefling cleric named Helvetica met a half-orc barbarian named Blumkin at the site of an active volcano. Unfortunately, they don't remember much anything else about all that, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. It's fucking... Oh, it's so Tony. good! It's so good! It's Tony giving it's the recap, because of course it's Tony giving Tony's the recap. Fucking Tony's giving the fucking recap. <laughs> all right, all right. After awakening in the tavern on the small town of Volathionis on the continent of Havenloft, our two adventures took a job, after much deliberation, with the gnome fighter Knucklenuts, to accompany him to meet his contacts in the distant town of Marsh Hollows. Along the way, the adventurers crossed the Unified Forest, renowned for its dense unicorn population, where they encountered a uniquely foul-mouthed variant of the species named Tony. Hey, that's me. Tony offered the party an alternative to hiking the long, treacherous path over the Kleinheld, agreeing to show them a way through if they would let him join them on their journey. The path led to the Notchneck Mine, where the group encountered a tribe of territorial bullywugs, some tasty rocks, and a strange goblet that never seemed to empty. Yeah, I still feel that rack in my stomach. I can feel it right now. Oh, I told you, Bumpkin, don't eat the rock. I know, I'll let you know if it comes out. We'll hear it when it hits the ground. It's a bigger. Many other significant and insignificant events transpired, including an uncomfortable encounter with an elf of indeterminate legs, a grotesque game of goblin bisection, a blighted battle with some violent vines, and an extended period of puzzlement in which our adventures failed to open an unlocked door. Hey, that door really looked like it was locked. I can tell. We were presented with a very difficult puzzle. There were all sorts of like jewels and stuff, and it was pretty. Those jewels were pretty. And I looked at the door, and I could just feel it in my bones, and it was like, I'm sorry. Next time, I'll just charge at it like, like I normally do with most doors in most situations. I just feel like perhaps a a sort of um uh, um. Rule of thumb is, from now on, we just try the handle first. All right, we'll try the handle. All right, all right. But I digress. After dispatching the Bullywood King and claiming his cup, they completed the journey to the Marsh Hollows, where Knucklenuts revealed the truth, that this was a world plagued by anomalies, uniquely divergent objects, creatures, places, and people that defied conventional comprehension within the magical world. The party had already encountered several such anomalies. The ever-flowing chalice, the fruity pebbles, even their coarse horse Tony. Talking unicorn, neutral evil. Knucklenuts went on to explain that he was an agent of the anomaly detectives, hunters, and decommissioners, working within the neutrality division. The A-D-H-D-N-D and that his contacts had been absent amnesiac agents Helvetica and Blumkin all along. He had no answers as to when or how or why they too had lost their memories, nor how they came to be on Havenloft. Complicating matters, Knucklenuts had one final revelation, that Havenloft itself was an anomaly, a continent suspended hundreds of feet in the air above the world below directly above the gaping maw of a gargantuan volcano. 
So you've had some time since your revelation at the edge of Havenloft. I'm sure you all have had many questions since then, and um, Knuckle Dots has done what he can to answer them. But the unfortunate truth is that a lot remains unknown. So wait a minute, are you telling us that we're like, we're neutralizers? We're neutralers, right? Is that what we do? Neutrality division. Neutrality, natural division. Neutrality Neutral division. Helvetica, what is he saying? I don't know. Neutrality division. Neutrality. Oh, like newts, like the little lizard things. I like them. Yes. So, sort of, do you know how newts yeah. don't hurt anyone? Yeah. They just sort of exist in the world. Yeah, well, yes. I might, I'll tell you what, I swear I had a cousin. I don't have a memory, but there's a guy that lives in my head named Tony. Who, uh, he got eaten by a newt one time. The whole thing, the little newt swallowed them all up. It took a couple years, but it happened, I swear. Well, aside from that... <laughs> Wait, you know another guy named Tony? What? <laughs> yeah, I knew a guy named Tony. Spelled it much different than you. There was like a crossy letter, you know? It had like... It, it was, And then there was a big circle letter. It was just a circle, you know? Yours looks like a circle with his head cut off, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it's a very good bucket, but... So, alright, so you, you know how newts don't hurt anyone, they sort of just exist in the world, yes? Yeah. Yes. So, one might say that they are neutral, yeah. because they, they don't hurt anything, they just sort of exist. Yeah, okay. So, uh, neutrality, that's what that word means. Okay. It's, it's a word about newts. Alright. She's right. She's right, alright, cool, so we we're like newts. Yes, so, so, yeah, not you must forgive me, I so, all right, we are ADHD, funny term that, and ND, neutrality division. Does that mean that there are other divisions that deal with non-neutral sort of, um, what did you call them? Anomalies. Anomalies, yes. So there's other divisions. The ADHD has many departments. We keep the world neutral all right well how long you've already how long y'all been doing this that i do not know why must you keep the world neutral what would happen if there was a shift the world does not understand good and evil the way we do but who is we Good and evil is not black and white, is spectrum. There are many good people who do bad, and bad people who do good. We try and keep balance between Oh. I see. Well, I... Knuckle Nuts, this has come up several times. You said that we used to work for for the ADHD&D, correct? Yes. Why don't we remember that? I do not know. Is there anyone who might? We will see. I just want to say that at this point, Blumpkin has just missed like the last four of those things, and he's just trying, he's been clutching his stomach trying to get the rock out. 
<laughs> he can still feel it like working its way through, but it's definitely still there. <laughs> also, what room are we like? Where are we? Fit? Well, you are. You are. You are. You've been staying in Knuckle Nuts Hut, which is, is like it's comfortable. Yeah, you right. you you are not uncomfortable living here. Um, there's room like you you each have your own individual room. Um, and so, when um, you say hut, you actually mean three bedroom house, like a three hut deal. Yes, they're like rotundas. It's, it's, like, a, it's like an Ewok tree house. Uh, it's 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 absolutely like an Ewok. House. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So as as you guys are having this conversation, uh, Blumpkin's been sort of looking around and like scraping at the floor, and then he looks over and sees that there's a kitchen, and just instinctively just starts walking over the kitchen. Um, but he's still like capable of yelling across the room asking questions. So he goes, you have any ice cream? <laughs> I do not think so. Right. Do you have any pebbles? Blumpkin, we've, talk- we've talked about this. No no more rocks, darling. Oh. Knuckle nuts. The question that I have is, so Havenloft, the, the land on which we stand is in itself an anomaly. Yes. And it is suspended over a volcano. Yes. Hey, well, how many could we met at a volcano? You reckon it's the same one? I... I mean, logic would, would infer, but that was going to be my question. Is the volcano part of why we don't remember? We do not know. Right. Well, if Havenloft is suspended uh, above a volcano... How long does Havenloft have before it falls? We do not know. Is it an active volcano? Yes. All right. Now, that you forgive me and my small annoyance, but I, what do you know? Like, quite frankly, this is this has been less than helpful, and I must say, I've had my entire reality shifted within the past two weeks, and. I just what what are we doing? What's happening? What's going on? Someone please! I'm just, I'm now I'm a rich Victorian widow. It's fine. <laughs> also, uh, Blumpkin has found some sort of fruit on the table and has bitten into it. And as he's chewing, he goes, "Who can I eat this? Uh, oh, I'm already eating it." And also, I wanted to know how come how come Helvetica knows my name and I know Helvetica's name if our memories got erased. Well, that's what I'm trying to wonder. Why do we remember the volcano? Oh, yeah. Hey, you remember the volcano? I do. Well, Blumpkin, perhaps this is a better question. Blumpkin starts just sort of gyrating a little bit. Blumpkin, Blumpkin. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah? What do you remember from the volcano? Uh, it was hot. You remember that? It was really hot, and there was a glowy, there was, like, glowy stuff. It was like water, but it was thicker, sort of like molasses. Yes. And uh, I walked up to it, and I tried to grab it to see, and I burned my hand. Do you remember that? It hurt so bad, but you kind of wrapped it up in some nice stuff and put some glue on it. It felt really good. I remember that pretty well. Uh, and then I remember there were a lot of people there, uh, if, I, if I remember but correctly. why were we there? Well, I don't remember. I don't know. I couldn't even know if, if those were real people or something. I was so fuzzy the whole time. I, I couldn't tell if I was hallucinating or, or something like that. I don't know. But I remember that you were there. That's the only thing I remember for certain is that I, we were together. I feel the same way. I remember there were people and there was heat. And then all of a sudden there was darkness. 
Yeah, it was sort of like a dream. You know when you're in a dream and you're doing something, you're like surrounded by ice cream and the floor is made of brown sugar and whatnot. And then all of a sudden you're just somewhere else. You don't question why, you're just somewhere else. And you're like, all right. Yes. That's kind of what it was. Do you remember the man who was standing in the lava yelling about us being the chosen one? Oh, that was yeah. weird. Oh, yeah, that Michael. Weird. I remember him. Where have, have you talked to Michael in a little while? <laughs> I would tell you, he still owes me 14 gold. He knows you, why. He knows why. The opening was right. I had to make one Star Wars joke. Okay, I'm done. You were the chosen one. Okay, I'm good now. I'm sorry. Well, see, because uh-huh. from perhaps from our point of view, ADHD is evil. <laughs> I think we can all agree that the ADHD <laughs> is evil. That's the extent of my Star Wars reference ability. Oh, oh God. In addition to answering your questions or not answering them to the extent of his knowledge, Knuckle Nuts has done what he can to reintroduce you to some of the ADHD protocols, including their alignment classification system. It's been almost two weeks of this. Questions without answers and a steadily growing pile of documents, many of which have been extensively redacted. At least the food was good. Knuckle Nuts is actually a rather fine cook, at least by rock gnome standards. <laughs> and it was in the midst of breakfast that Knuckle Nuts finally broke the news. Today, we return to work. All right, so what even is work? What did we actually do for you? Because I don't, I mean, Helvetica knows this, but I, I, I'm, I'm capable of doing a couple things really well. Cutting, cutting guys clean in half. Straight, clean, skull scrotes, clean in half. I'm going to open in doors that are unlocked. Unlocked, Helvetica. And that's just about it. I'm learning things pretty quickly, I think. A lot of things. Don't don't talk about my friend that way. Oh, well, I really appreciate that. That was really nice. You're welcome. But uh, the question was, what did we do for you? (laughs) First, we must return to base. Okay, I've survived a great many deal of falls in my life, but that volcano looked to be at least like 400, 500,000 miles beneath (laughs) us. Is that, you think, would you think that's accurate, Philip? Well, I suppose it depends on your definition of a mile, but I suppose Blumkin does have a, a point, um, Knuckle Nuts. Where are we going? You will see. I hate all of the. I would like answers. I am a type A person. This is very <laughs> stressful to me. Also, where's Tony? I have questions for Tony. Tony is, in fact, actually like in the hut with you. Um, he's been, that he's been like hanging out. He has he has had the courtesy to go outside and shit in the marsh. Um, <laughs> uh, but he has he has basically taken up residence with you guys after realizing that they couldn't like succinctly hide his horn or the fact that he's a foul mouthed asshole. Right. Uh, both proved to be problematic okay. over time. So at this point, Blumpkin just as with alarming speed eats down the rest of his thing and says. All right, let me pack then. Then walks well, over I, to his stuff. I have a question for Tony. Can I ask a question for Tony? Yeah, yeah. What's up, Tony? I mean, no disrespect, nor do I wish to insult you in any way. But why are you classified as evil? Okay, so I might have a bit of a degenerate gambling problem, and I might choose violence 
to solve most of my problems. Hey, that reminds me, Tony, we've played like at least three or four games uh, of Unicorn Billions while we've been here. You know, when you use your horn to hit the thing, I usually just take a little stick and put it on my forehead and you hit the balls. And I've won, if I remember, three out of five of Unicorn Billions. You owe me 15 gold and I swear to God, if they come out of your butt again, I'm not taking them. Yeah. I'm picturing it in my mind, and now I just want fan art of unicorn billiards. <laughs> I want you to know, I put no thought into that at all. I didn't know what I was going to say when I was saying unicorn. Like a dumbass stick, like taped to his head, just like trying to play. Because it doesn't occur to him that he can just hold it like a fucking like, so good. <laughs> Look, even though I'm a little deep in the pocket right now, I will pay you when I have the money. I bet you will wish you were deep in the pocket when we were playing unicorn billiards, you know what I'm saying? And he runs over to Helvetica and just holds up his hand way too high for her to hit his high five, but he's still looking at Tony, giving him a mean look. Also, Helvetica, for, high five. For the viewers at home, Eric is actually acting this moment out, and I really can't reach his she hand. She really can't. So now I have to... There it was. And, and, and meanwhile, Tony is giving you the side eye and and is really sort of like takes a deep breath and is like well it is it is taking all of my considerable self-control not to murder you right now i hope that's clear but tony i have (laughs) so much for neutral i have (laughs) neutral bitch maybe that's what you are a little neutral ass little losing little bitch we've talked about this tony but i don't i don't understand how, when were you classified? It's It's been a couple of years, I guess. So you weren't always classified as evil? Oh, I was classified evil from the moment they classified me. But... Yeah, before it was just... Look, like friends you, and friends. look I'm a talking unicorn, and I am the only talking unicorn of my kind. Uh, I am the only talking unicorn in this goddamn world, to my knowledge. You know how lonely that makes you? You know how angry that makes you? Look, I have had a very hard time of it, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. All right. My sincerest apologies. I just want to say... You hoof having tail wagon, horn wobbling little fuck. If you ever talk to Helvetica like that again, I will attack you and you'll attack me back and you'll kill me, but I won't fight back and you'll get arrested because that's assault, all right? I'm prepared. I know law. You don't think I've killed a man? You don't think I've killed lots of men? All right, listen, you two. I understand that there is a question of manhood or horsehood, but we are in this together, and I really need the two of you to get along, all right? And Blumkin looks over to looks over at Tony and looks at his horn and then looks at his feet and remembers how easily this thing can actually kill him, but he doesn't want to like look like that. So he sort of puffs his chest out and goes, All right, Tony, you're safe for now. You're safe. And then he leans in really close to his ear. Helvetica turns back to Knucklenuts and she says, Knucklenuts, um, can, can things become reclassified? To my knowledge, it has not happened. But it could. I do not know. 
All right, perhaps mm. a, a mo- more important secondary question now that we've had that moment of dramatic brilliance. Uh, <laughs> I just who, want to know who, is, who is doing the classification? Who makes these calls? Who decides who is good and who is evil? Who decides who is neutral good and neutral? Who is making this decision? He sort of mulls that over for a moment and then goes, that is classic right Lumpkin looks over and goes, Hey man, I've been dealing with this shit for years, I think. I have no idea. But I'm just saying, I'm with you, man. She doesn't take anything. Sometimes you just say a little piece of information. She's like, why? Why are you eating that rock, uh, uh, Blumpkin? Why do you have to go ahead? Why do you have to try to steal every frog you see and put them in your pocket? You don't need to know these things, Helvetic. You just need to accept them and move on. Now, what I'm wondering is how are we going to get off this fucking continent that's floating like 400 million light bleers over a volcano. I will show you. Oh, shit, dog. I think it looks pretty good. Here we go. Well, you kids have a great time at the office. I'll see you when I get back. Oh, wait, is Tony not coming? I just said that guy owes me money. And Knuckle Nuts actually turns to him and says, Actually, I think it best if you were to come with us. Ha ha, my man! Duncan holds his hand again way too high for Knucklenuts to reach for a high five. And Tony speaks up and he goes, What? Hell no, I hate those places. Last time I was at a base, I got drunk on some bad Prinny Pruno, ended up shitting all over the floor. Fuck that. Oh, I gotta tell you, I got a rock in my stomach. I could use me some Prinny Pruno right now. You don't have any Prinny Pruno, do you, by the way? And Knucklenuts looks at him and says, You wanted to come with us. Now you are part of the team. Aww. And Tony is, says, You know, I've never been much of a team player. And Uncle Nuts goes, Well, now you will learn. And with that, he rises and moves to the door of his hut. But rather than reaching the key ring he typically leaves hanging by the exit, he instead grabs the bag at his side. He carefully undoes the knot, keeping it bound, and cautiously opens it wide before reaching one of his arms deep within, sinking almost all the way up to his shoulder inside the relatively short sack. (gasps) You can see him rifling around for a bit, his face a mix of confusion and frustration, before finally he seems to find what he was searching for, producing from the bag a small brass key. He pushes the key into the lock, and suddenly, the knob turns. Knucklenut steps back, his posture shifting for a moment to a more defensive stance as the door creaks outwards. A strange sight, as you know from the two weeks living here, that that door has always opened inward. But even more strange is the light that seeps in through the thin crack. The marsh hollows has a dense canopy casting constant shade over the entirety of the swampy town. But now, as the door creaks open wider, you're greeted with clear, bright, cool light. But that is not the only thing that greets you. A voice, young and cheerful, speaks up. Oh, hello. Let me get the door for you. New character! New character! New character! New character! Uncle Nuts relaxes as he hears the voice, and as the door opens wider, you see the source of the voice. A human girl with shaggy blonde hair and big blue eyes, curiously sticking her head out from behind the door. She's maybe 10 or 11. 
And as she opens the door wider, you see that she's wearing a small robe that is still likely a few sizes too large for her stature. Knuckle Nuts laughs as he beckons you all to follow. Mod, you frightened me, but thank you for getting the door. Did you just call that little girl mom? Mod, come on. Mod! That's a dumb name, he was fucking whispers to Helvetica. Well, okay, that's not very nice. We've talked about I'm this. just saying, I'm being wrong. Uh, 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 I, I, I would hesitate to say that in this non-restatory uh, window again. Nuggets, um, I would hesitate to say that in this moment I have uh, what could be construed as several hundred thousand questions. What in the actual ever-living fuck? Please explain. Where, what is, why is the door, what is... Hey, Havetica, you know, Havetica, Havetica? Yes, yes. And Blumpkin leans down in a weird moment of, like, self-awareness. He's where he's taller than her, and he leans down and goes, Shut the fuck up. Let's just go. Come on. I have a great apprehension about wandering through a... Hey, Blump, hey, Havetica, I love you. Shut the fuck up. Let's go. And they gleefully walk towards the door and walk up to this little girl. They go, well, hi, hello. And he puts his hand. The little girl is gone. What? <laughs> what? Now there's ghost <laughs> What the fuck? What? As you all look and step through the door, you are greeted by the, an unusual sight. Rather than the usual dank bog of the marsh hollows, you step out into a massive atrium with pristine white walls, ceiling, and floor. Suspended in the center of the room is the source of light you saw before, a radiating ball of magical light that shifts and pulses gently, providing the room not only with its soft, cool light, but a pleasant warmth. As you look around, you notice a massive dome that stretches out overhead and holes splitting off in every direction. Do a perception check. Oh my god, is, is, is fucking Black Panther about to walk in here? Oh my fucking ba god. I, I would just like to say Banana. that that is some good D&D. &D. Dice knife! Dice knife. That's so loud. Dice knife. Okay. Oh, and I, wanna, I just want to know that as soon as we walked into this massive atrium, Blumpkin immediately farts really loudly, and we hear this. <laughs> Come on, I had to. Alright. Helvetica very subtly reaches over and fist bumps Blumpkin because she also <laughs> thinks it's funny, but she would never admit it publicly. <laughs> Alright, what do you got? I rolled a five. I see nothing, I fall down, and then I die. Yes. yes. I'm rocking an oh, eleven. Jesus. There are no modifiers on those, right? Uh add your perception bonus to oh, yeah, it. I guess right. Say. Let's let's just That's ruffle through all the Prime ADHD. Oh, let me ruffle through all my papers here. So eleven. Okay, I guess I got like a seven, but that's still not wonderful. Uh, so a couple things happen, and um, they're going to happen basically simultaneously. Okay. But I'm going to start with you, Blumkin, because it provides justification for being distracted as what happens with her happens. I hate this. Um, <laughs> so as you hear the click of the door behind you, you look back and realize it isn't there. You blink and stumble for a moment before your eyes see it, though they struggle to make sense of it. The door is behind you, but at your feet. There's something strange about this room, but you can't quite make sense of it on your own. 
So the door is like t- is small. It's like a tiny door. No, it's full size, but it's at your feet on the ground. Oh, it's on the ground, like an Escherich type deal. Yes. Oh, cool. Hey, Helvetica, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think I'm walking on the wall. How cool is that? I think I'm walking on and the And you, meanwhile, are experiencing things differently. In fact, you, as you step further, you start to feel disoriented. You're fall- walking forward, but you also feel like you're sinking. The walls seem to shift with every step, sinking and changing, as do the halls that branch off from them, curling upwards or downwards at seemingly illogical angles. It's so dizzying that you fall. You take one damage. Oh, come on. Oh, Katie, well, baby, bitty, boo. I told you you were going to get hurt from falling at some point. Oh, no, I fell down. <laughs> oh, no. It's funny because it's realistic. Knuckle <laughs> Nuts steps forward and helps you up. I am sorry. I forgot how disorienting it can be. Disorienting? I think it's sweet. Look at me. I'm like man spider. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, and Tony speaks up and goes, I think I'm going to hurl. And Knucklenut says, focus on where you are going. And the ground will always be beneath your feet. And as you step onto the room, your perception starts to shift. It takes you a moment to make more sense of what you're seeing, but slowly it begins to register. The dome above extends down below, before you before circling back around all the way to the ground beneath your feet and back up the other side. The halls don't simply branch right, left, center, but any number of angles along the sphere of this strange, surreal atrium. It is not crowded, but you are not alone. People walk at all possible angles around this inverted globe, even inverted above you. It's almost dizzying. Thankfully, Knuckle Nuts is there to guide you. Whoa, dude! So it's like a, it's the nexus. Can we see into, like the hallways? In some cases, yes. Can I roll to see if I notice anything that's going on in these hallways? Uh, sure. Sweet. Rocking me an eight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can see that there is hallways. You can see that some of them are relatively open. Others have doors, like the one you just came through. Um, and they, they all sort of, um, like this room is itself to, to put it more clearly, uh, this room is a sphere. Mm-hmm. It has holes extending off of it from all sorts of angles. Um, you can, if you started walking, you know, from where you stood, you could walk all the way up across the ceiling and down the other side. Cool. And then um, there's another sphere inside of it, in the, in the center of it. There is a there's a ball of magical light in the center of it. Cool. That is is radiating, pulsing energy, magical light. Um, that is illuminating the entire orb of this sphere, and also seems to be like the one thing I'll give you that you see when you like sort of peek down these hallways is that this light seems to illuminate everything in this complex. Cool. Helvetica, whether consciously or unconsciously, is just white knuckled death gripping her holy symbol, and she likes this not one goddamn bit. Yeah, because ultimately, and and you've gotta like realize this: Are you on the floor? Or are you on the ceiling? You don't know. Not neither. Really, it's like on the space station. There is no, there's no ceiling. And also, Blumkin is also he's he's gripping Steven, his great axe. 
a little bit like but like all equally white knuckledly but not out of nervousness he's sort of like fondling it a little bit out of excitement he's like this is the coolest thing he's ever seen in his life and with that knuckleness leads you on branching off to the left towards an open archway emblazoned with the letters b a c e base and a single word intake as you step to the edge of the hall and over it, your perspective shifts in an instant. While a moment later you had been walking perpendicular to the hall, you are now walking down it, away from the atrium. The hall is similar in style to the atrium, pristine white walls, floor, ceiling, lit by the same cool magical light radiating from the heart of the building. The hall is short, or at least, it's cut short by a wall with a single doorway embedded within it. Beside the door is a simple palm pad, and above the door is a pale crystal cut keystone in the shape of a perfect diamond. Between you and it, a stout dwarven woman sits perched atop a tall stool besides what looks like a complex mechanical archway, sputtering with both steam and magical power. Uh, I just gotta say, whatever the living fuck just happened when we entered this hallway, it stirred some within me, but it's like, it's like I can feel the stone. Uh, I'll be okay, but I just wanted you to know I'm hurt. You'll <laughs> be alright, Brumkin. With that, the dwarven woman looks at Knuckle Nuts and says, You know the drill. Of course. And Knuckle Nuts reaches into his bag, soon producing first a handful of pebbles. The fruity pebbles from Notchneck Mine. Blumkin's eyes immediately widen. Helvetica the... immediately puts her hand on Blumkin's arm. <laughs> and Blum... Immediately. Blumkin, Blumkin just jerks for like just a second towards the fruity pebbles. Just like, oh, uh. It's like when, when a cat hears you like jostling the food bag and suddenly it runs into the room. He just starts like tippy-tapping his toes a little bit. But either way, he, he's not thinking about anything else until those fruity pebbles like leave the situation. Because he's going to just... He's gonna chew them. He's not just he's gonna chew them and break his teeth on them. He loves them, guys. He loves them. Then he pulls the ever flowing chalice, still capped with his makeshift lid, before finally handing over the bag itself. He turns to look at Tony, before turning back to the dwarf and saying, Tony is with me. And the dwarf and lady looks at him and says, Is he an intelligent life form? <laughs> Tony, he called you dumb. Hey, he fuck you, dumb. buddy. Fuck you and oh, fuck you. Oh, fuck you all. He called you dumb. Then he still has to scan, of course. And with that, Knuckle Nuts walks through the strange archway. It sputters and hisses with steam, but as he reaches the other side, it quickly goes silent and still. With that, he stops, nods, and beckons Tony to follow. There you go. This is. Can I just say. I am so goddamn here for this. I, like, forgot I was in this room. I forgot. Like, I literally had a moment where I just was, like, listening to a story. Like, I it was, like, I wasn't playing d and I wasn't even in. I was just like, this is a good fucking podcast. And then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> it's me. I'm here. <laughs> Tony looks apprehensive, but finally he sighs. I fucking hate these things. And Tony steps forward into the machine and beyond. Almost immediately, it comes to life. The hiss you'd heard when Knucklenut strode through, turning into a screeching mechanical whistle. Diodes flicker green, yellow, red, before finally settling on red. The response is quick. Half a dozen indiscernible humanoids, heavily armed and armored, spilling out a door just beyond the archway. 
Knuckle Nuts moves quickly to try and cease the guard's aggressive posturing, while Tony snorts and stomps. I identify as a sovereign unicorn of the world! I did not recognize nor submit to your authority! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck your mother! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Tony would do! <laughs> hey, don't hurt him! That motherfucker owes me money! Don't think I forgot! I'm, I'm sorry, is this a magic detector? I think it's a magic detector. Is, it, is this a fantasy? <coughs> I think it determines detector? alignment. It determines alignment. Is that an alignment, alignment detector? It, I don't. I don't well, I suppose we'll find out. <laughs> uh, well, the the dwarven woman uh, groans and hops off her stool, bashing a series of buttons, uh, which she punctuates by throwing a large switch, silencing the whistle and killing the light. As she does, she looks at me and goes, "It detects in it detects anomalies." The guards relax, but do not disperse. He watches Knuckle Nuts steps forward, conferring with their leaders for a moment before turning back to Tony. They're insisting on escorting you from here. I swear to God, Knuckle Nuts, if you fuck me on this, they have <laughs> promised to treat you as my guest, my friend. Okay, okay, fuck it. But you know how many of my friends have fucked me over? Too goddamn many. I think he's talking about me. I don't think so, Brumkin. So as he steps toward the door, Tony keeps chatting on, as is his habit. It's un unclear if he's still talking to Knuckle Nuts or the guards, or just to himself. The guards move to flank him on each side, three and three, escorting him in formation out of the room and out of sight. Roll a perception check. Oh, shit, dog. Give me first. Okay, 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 okay. Hey. Hey-oh. God damn. Oh, come on. That is a natty one. Ha. 17. I fall down. Uh, take more damage. <laughs> you, don't, you don't fall. You don't fall this time. Um, but you see something. Um, as they the guards move to escort Tony at the door, one of them uh, places his palm on the palm pad beside the door. Oh. And the keystone above the door lights up. And it lights up as it, as it lights because you had such a strong perception roll. You see that it right lights up with a. You're not sure exactly what what it means, but it's a specific rune that lights up. Uh, above the it's door. like a cool little curly cue or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Blumkin Blumkin looks at those things and notices both of those things, and but he spends much more time looking at the 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 glowing uh, rune at, at at the top than he should have. He, and uh, as, as Tony walks out, you you hear him sort of rattling on. You know, I mean, friends fuck me over two goddamn many. And where are they now? They're fucking dead. How did they die? I beat them to death. How did I beat them to death? Not with the horn. Not with my hooves. I beat them to death with my big fat. And the door closes behind him. That fucking unicorn's gonna beat someone to death with his you-know-what by the end of this whole ordeal. I, I bet you money on it. Well, one can only hope for the sake of the fan art, Blumkin. <laughs> I don't think fans can draw. They're metal. I demand that you weave that joke in oh, when shit. you are editing so everyone knows Can how bad me. of a joke I had to listen to <laughs> this day in the year of our Lord 2021. Fuck oh. you. 
the door closes, and now it's just the two of you, Knuckle Nuts and the Dwarven Woman. All right, so I, I assume you're going to have us go through that thing or something like that. Is I have a rock in my stomach, a pretty large-sized rock. Uh, is that going to be a problem? A uh, pumpkin has an anomaly inside of him. Uh, well, I uh, I guess I... <laughs> I, I don't say an anomalous rock. I don't the know. Dwarven Woman is... Dumbstruck by this, um, she looks confused <laughs> oh, I, and a little frightened. Uh, oh, but... surely this can't be the first time that someone came in with an anomaly inside of them. And I just want to say, uh, lady, I swallowed it. Okay, all right. It came from the top, not the bottom. If you know what I'm saying. And he and he reaches backward and puts his hand up way too high. Yes, for how uh, that one might that say, in fact, uh, that uh, from the top he let it drop. I let it drop. Yeah, that's right. From the top, I let it drop. Uh, and, uh, so, she's, she's like, well, I, I guess we just see how it scans. Uh, I also have some questions about, uh, your, uh, particular accent and why uh, You know, I can't, th- I can't seem to pin it down. I can't seem to pin it down. It's, it, it's quite down. all right. I just was wondering, it's just a lovely sort of, you know, It's tone. the same dwarf and woman. She just, she just, she just can't get her, get her well, accent She just right. was reminded of her... Girlish days in the south. Yeah. Katie, we just we just came out of a room. We just came out of a pantheon revolving around a sun, and you're talking about this fucking dwarf's accent. Yeah, but uh, Chris, actually, uh, Chris did such a good job that I feel like I needed to take him down a peg. Chris did such a good job that that means now he's going to write some insanely epic story about why this woman's accent changes. It's true. No pressure. I'm just, just saying. That's out. the, long, yeah, the yeah, last yeah. time we thought we fucked Chris over. He was like, fuck you. I'm going to write an entire it's epic real. universe around this. How um, dare you? Well, actually, my whole family was killed in Fandolin. That's what's going to happen. I mean, what was her accent before? I was a, It was, was just kind of a generic little... And just, just kind of generic, kind of sweet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet. yeah. Here we go. Uh, she she looks at you and is like, well, I I guess you just, I guess you just scan and see what see what happens. I all right then. And wait, I immediately what what happens if the anomaly detector goes off? Like, where are they going to take Blumpkin? What 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 happens to anomalies that are detected past this point? In the middle of her saying that, Blumpkin goes all right and just runs straight in the door, remembering that door that he didn't open when it was unlocked, and he's like, I'm going to show her that I'm going gung-ho with every doorway. She's never going to mistrust me again. And he bolts directly straight at it and attempts to go through it. Leroy, the, like the door. So, so yeah, uh, I mean, <coughs> you go through. You you go through the archway. Because right. let's be clear, archway, space, door. Um, right, yes, yes, yes. And, and, and the door is currently closed. Um... So, as you go through the archway, there is, in fact, a response. Um, But rather than a hiss or whistle, as you step through, the machine begins to hum. Diodes flicker, green, yellow, red, before finally settling on yellow. The dwarven woman looks up and towards you, towards Knuckle Nuts, her expression both puzzled and perturbed. So, he he swallowed an anomaly, and Knuckle Knuckle Nuts is like, yes. And she she looks she looks uh, suspicious towards you, and goes, an unregistered anomaly. Well, it wasn't like a talking frog or nothing like that. I never I would if I saw a frog and I was. And knuckle, be... knuckle nuts puts an arm on you and goes yes. I, and that Blumpkin looks over at Helvetica to try to see like is this cool? Am I gonna let this guy? 
Just and like, I, I don't trust in this guy right now? I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, uh, and, and up to you, like, roll an insight check. It's a 14. Uh, you can tell that Knuckle Nuts is... Knuckle Nuts is lying. To us or to the to the woman? To the woman. Whoa. That would be a hell of a good way to get an like to get smuggle a person who is an anomaly in there if you're like, hey, this is a lot of an anomaly and then you go through the thing and it bleepy bloops. Why is he lying to this woman though? Why either he really likes us or he really doesn't like this woman? I think we just gotta play this out too. I knows. think we play it out. Yeah. So I go through I feel like that I, I look at Helvetica to see if I should trust this guy. I decided to trust him. And he goes, Hey Helvetica, I got yellow, beat that. And and the the machine does like a moment later she punches the dwarf woman artificer punches the machine a few more times flips another switch and goes silent uh, and you I assume take your trip through as well and your trip is uneventful you Aww. don't trigger it I was, I was hoping that I was going to be a secret novelty the whole time well, in, in this case not at least at the moment no it seems you are not all right. Um, but uh, as the, the dwarf woman sort of seems still very skeptical about this whole you swallowed an anomaly thing, um, but she ultimately shrugs it off, stepping the door and pressing her palm to the pad side. There is the sound of a lock turning. With a simple smile and nod, Knuckle Nuts takes hold of the doorknob and leads the way forward. Do a perception check. You. All right. Blumpkin. Blumpkin. Blumpkin's doing a perception check, everybody. Watch out. I'm about to perceive... Where's my... Oh, there we go. It was where it's supposed to be, everybody. My D20 was where it's supposed to be. 19! You notice as she sorry. puts her... 20! Yeah. Wait, no, sorry. 19! You notice as she puts her hand on the, the palm pad, and as you're moving to walk through the door, which you, by the way, ran just so fucking hard into. <laughs> Let's be clear, it did not budge it when did you not did open. it. Okay. Um, okay. but you, you hit it hard and it did not budge, but you notice it, like through your dizzy state that as she puts her palm on the palm pad and the key rune lights up, it's a different rune than from when they led Tony. Oh, so it's going to be a different place. These doors are open to all. It's like, the, it's like in the matrix two. You remember that movie, the matrix two, uh, reloaded how there are those doors and every time they shut and they open, they're at a different place. Oh, I think it was, uh, the matrix and the chamber of secrets was it really yeah. oh okay as you step into the next chamber you're met with a similar brief chunk of hallway a wall and a door similar to the one you just entered through stationed to the side of the room is a door blocked by both a small kiosk and the rather large goliath sitting behind it <gasps> as you enter he rises standing nearly eight feet tall he wears a sleeveless leather doublet leaving his primary weapons his massive muscular tree trunk arms exposed. He extends an open hand to you and issues a simple request. Weapons, please. Alright, if this motherfucker thinks he's Blumpkin. taking Steven, Maria, or Axe number Blumpkin. two, I swear to God, Blumpkin. I'm gonna shit out this rock and chuck it at his fucking skull, I'll tell you what. Blumpkin, it would probably be in our best interest to do as the <clears throat> Very large man says. Oh, he's not that fucking large. I can take him. He Blumpkin. is. He is standing a solid. I mean, how tall is Bumpkin? Uh oh, we did. I actually did this math. He's six four. Yeah, this this dude is one foot eight inches taller than you, minimum. Helvetica leans over to Blumpkin and she whispers something in his ear. Blumpkin, 
give him your weapons. My hands are magic. You know what, Calvitica? Just for you. I don't know why, but I'll do it. And I and I kind of I take Stephen and I hold him in front of me and I look at him <clears throat> with my with his poorly scrawled Stephen on it, and then I look at my name written three times Blumpkin on it, uh, spelled incorrectly once and then crossed out, spelled incorrectly again but slightly more correctly again, and then finally correctly remembering that I wrote those years apart as I slowly learned how to write. Um, and said, until we meet again, buddy, I promise I'll see you. I and, I, and I hand him to the Goliath. And I, I do a similar ceremony with Maria, um, my, my, my hand axe, and I give it away. And then I just take a axe number two and go, here, take this fucking thing. Uh, just very quickly, my friend, uh, what was your name? Uh, I'm, Atti I'm Atticus. Atticus, lovely to be. May I commend your accent, Atticus? I bet this guy's Atticus. fucking sweet at counting. Atticus, <laughs> or being a and lawyer. He, he sort of he sort of smiles. He's he's a he's a very friendly guy. Like he, despite the fact that he's really big and really muscular and looks like he could like squish you with his bare hand, he like he seems like a very pleasant guy. Right. What does he What does he look like? I mean, he is, so Goliaths are, in, in this case, um, the, the Goliath has sort of um, ashen pale skin. Um, he is eight foot tall. He is bold. Um, he has sort of um, tattoos. Mm -hmm. Like, Goliaths often have, like, tribal tattoos mm -hmm. along their body. Um, and, and face, chest. He looks um, like God of War. And so, yeah. Is he wearing they, anything in particular? Is he wearing like he's he's wearing a leather doublet and and um, similar uh, trousers. Gotcha. Like very very nice. Does he have any weapons those. on him? Uh, he is on he is unarmed. He just has a he just has he's just exercising huge, his right. To he's, bear he's eight foot tall and his arms are tree trunks. Uh, Atticus, very quickly, uh, and and as she's saying that she hands over her war hammers to Atticus, um, sort of without much thought. Um, and she says, I, I don't particularly care what happens to this, but that war axe is, is a very dear possession of my very good friend. And as a favor to me, I know we've just met, it would mean a great deal to me if you could ensure its safe return and well-keeping while it is missed. Well, of course, and we take the best care of these sorts of things. All right. Thank you. And Helvetica sort of uh, uh, adjusts a cape around her as she walks away. And uh, he sort of smiles and, and looks at you as you tend to go and goes, I believe we are missing a piece of equipment from you. <sighs> Helvetica, oh, surely, my mistake. And Helvetica sort of like, she like lit, she pulls back her cape and then she like lifts up her skirt and from like her like very weirdly built garter, she pulls out her like little mini crossbow, and she and she gives it to Atticus with kind of a shameful shrug. <laughs> and then uh, Blumkin sort of leans over to Atticus a little bit and, he, and, and says, "You know, you think you get tired of seeing that over the years? You don't." <laughs> he and he sort of smiles at me and goes, "Oh, I know." Because <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. Oh boy. Uh -huh. And and he looks at you and goes, I'm afraid I was actually referring to your holy symbol. 
we'll need to check that as well. I must protest under great personal discomfort. Absolutely not. I, I, no, I, no. Well, what if, what if you try to convince him it's not a holy symbol? What are you, what, what are you rocking here? I mean, I think he, he just named it as a holy symbol. What, this, this, not, not, it's not a holy symbol. Roll a perception check. Or per, uh, not persuasion. persuasion, not perception. Persuasion. What, what else could it be? It could be oh, a. We could I'll be like on our homeworld. There's a cereal that looks just like this. <laughs> this is my... called honeycomb. This is just cereal. This no, is the no, biggest no. one I ever found. I was so proud of it. I, I saved it. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's a thirty. Uh, fourteen. Uh he he nods and goes. All right, I am trusting you to not get up to any sort of nasty business with that thing. I assure you. You have my word that I will behave myself. Um, but thank you for understanding. This is quite important to me. He sort of smiles and goes, Well, thank you. Thank you. And he looks at Knuckle Nuts and Knuckle Nuts hands Knuckle, uh, the Atticus his giant broadsword. And um, uh, then... Satisfied, Atticus uh, carefully stows all of your weapon. He turns to the room behind him, and he shuffles within. He has to very much squeeze to get into the door of the room behind him. You think they'd um, make an appropriately sized door? Uh, workplace, reasonable right? workplace accommodations for Atticus. Right? But he uh, he manages to sort of um, scrunch down and sort of get within, and he carefully stows everything within the the adjacent room uh, before returning and uh, handing each of you sort of a basically a coat. T- a, Coat tag, like a coat ticket. <laughs> <coughs> um, Blumpkin uh, takes out uh, from his pocket he one of the stones that he found um, while we were in the cave, one of the pretty stones that he put in his pocket, and sort of clinks it on, on the desk and slides it toward him, towards <laughs> him in a winks and goes like, that's for you. Thank you. So very kind. And if you, if you put it in your mouth, just don't swallow it. You got, promise me you won't swallow it. Okay. Good man. Helvetica just holds out her hand silently without a word for Blumkin to give her his ticket because she knows that he will lose it. And Blumkin maintains intense eye contact with Atticus, <laughs> but also reaches into his pocket and, and, and puts it in her hand without looking, <laughs> all while maintaining eye contact with Atticus. <laughs> okay. Uh, and satisfied, Atticus moves to the door of the room. And places his palm on the scanner. Once again, the key room above, keystone key room above it lights up. And the door opens. And as you step through it, you are once again in the atrium. And uh, Knuckle Knots sort of uh, steps, steps through, leads you through and goes, Now we can begin. Wow.